So I, I don't know if I've told this story here. As many of you know, I was a youth pastor for uh, the better part of a decade before uh, jumping into um, renovation. Matter of fact, I've still heard people say, which is totally fine. Don't feel bad if you said it. They're like, now our youth pastor at renovation, Walt Anderson, and I'm like, not really a youth pastor, but that's fine. They, they, they know me as a youth pastor. That's okay. Um, but I was the youth pastor for the better part of a decade. And so many of these stories are sort of stories that I've compiled over the years. So some of you may have heard this story. I can't really remember if I've told it here or not before. But when I was in college, I was, uh, I was part of a, it was actually kind of a band, but it was a like a, a university sanctioned band that would go out and lead worship. They called them Disciple Now Weekends. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but you go into a youth group for the weekend and you lead worship and do teaching and hang. you actually stay in the houses of the, some of the students and, um, and they're kind of your small group for the weekend, so to speak. Um, so we would go out and do these and we were actually up in Akron, Ohio and, uh, and LeBron James was at the church. I'm just kidding. Um, that would have been cool. But um, we were actually at a, a church in Akron. I think it was called Akron Bible Church. And we decided one afternoon that we wanted to go play this thing I had never heard of growing up in eastern North Carolina, this thing called Frisbee Golf. Okay? Now, now some of you are like, I don't, that sounds weird. I don't understand that. Some of you are like, yeah, Frisbee Golf. Um, I didn't grow up with Frisbee Golf. I mean, it was Eastern North Carolina. It was like baseball, basketball, and football. <laughs> that was kind of it. So Frisbee golf was kind of new. I thought, oh, you know, the, the Northerners are going to teach me a new game up in Ohio. So here we go. Um, so we go out, and basically how it works is you've got a, a disc, and it's not, like, it's not like a beach Frisbee, okay? I mean, it's like hardcore, you know, standard-issue Frisbee golf disc, all right? This is, this is serious business. And there's a pole with a basket around it. And the idea is that you tee off, you know, just like golf, but you tee off by throwing it, you know, as far as you can towards the basket. Well, eventually you get to the basket, and the goal is you try to hit the pole, and then it falls into the basket, okay? Really, the rules of Frisbee golf have nothing to do with this story, but I just wanted to give you the image, okay? Now, I'm slightly better at Frisbee golf than I am regular golf. Slightly. Okay, not, not a whole lot, but slightly. The first time I ever played golf was with a buddy of mine who was an avid golfer. He was really into golf. Um, and he took me out. He said, I'm going to teach you how to play golf. It was one of those things with your friend where he gets to that point where he goes, I'm one of your best friends, but in order to hang out with me at this point in my life, you're going to have to learn how to play golf because that's all he wanted to do was play golf. So I thought, well, I'll go hang out with him and play some golf. I went out on my first time, first time ever playing and shot a 90, all right, on nine holes, okay? So, so does that give you the idea of how good I am at golf, all right? We left the, the golf course, and he said, we got in the car, and he said, I will never play golf with you again. I said, okay, fair enough. So golf didn't end up being my sport. But Frisbee golf, I was a little better. So, you know, the first few holes, we're getting it down. You know, we're, I'm, I'm kind of getting the hang of it. Well, then we get to one where you have to cross a body of water, which is a joke for Frisbee. I mean, Frisbee, how can, you know, that's the most unpredictable throw of your life, you know, to throw a, a disc across a body of water. So I throw it. The body of water is kind of over here, and you kind of got to loop around it. So I throw it this way, and, of course, I, got, I let go here, and it goes that way, you know, just like my golf swing. 
So it goes right out into the water, all right? Well, I'm looking at this body of water. It's probably, I don't know, five or ten feet out from the shore, um, from the edge of the water. It's not the ocean. Um, from the, the edge of the water. And so I go, I can just, I just kind of barrel in, get ready to just ready to go get, you know, I thought I'd roll my jeans up and just barrel in and get it. It looked like it was about that deep, okay? So I go running in, you know, jeans rolled up, running into this pond. And I get about two steps in. And I realize that what I thought was the bottom was the top of the sludge that was underneath the water. So I go running in, and as I step in, I go, my, my leg goes all the way up almost to my waist. All right? And I'm like, oh my goodness. But I'm committed, right? I'm committed at this point. So I go get the Frisbee, and I walk back over. Well, here's the problem. As I'm getting out, the park kind of park ranger guy comes around and goes, I'm already out, which I thought was an interesting question. I'm out of the water, soaking wet with this brown sludge all over me, right? And the park ranger drives up. Here's his question. You get in the pond? And so I'm just you know, biting my tongue. I want to be like, nah, I just threw some mud on here. It's how I play. It's how I get my game going. You know, so he goes, you don't want to know what you just stepped in. He said, that's a sewage pond. <laughs> well, about that time, I'm going, he's right. He's right. So we get in the van, and as you can imagine, I didn't bring a change of clothes because <laughs> who planned on stepping in uh, you know, feces while you're playing Frisbee golf? So I get, we get back in the van, and you can imagine how my friends are treating me at this point. In the van, 15-passenger van, you know, probably 16 people, you know, at this point, and we're packed in this van. The rest of the weekend, okay, anytime anybody had to go use the bathroom, they just say, I got to go take a walk, you know. That lasted for about a year. Well, here's the problem. The problem was I had, I had a goal that had to be reached. I had to get my Frisbee back, right? I had to. I couldn't finish the game without the Frisbee. I, I, had, I had, you know, 15 holes to go, and I didn't have a Frisbee. So without really thinking at all, I just kind of go barreling into this pond, no plan, no strategy, no nothing, and I end up waist deep in doo-doo, if you will. And I have a mess on my hands, right? Well, how does that translate to where we are today? It really doesn't. I just wanted to tell you that story. No, I'm kidding. Um, here's the thing, guys. I think a lot of times, for me, I'm, here, here's where, where, I'm, where I'm at. For me, I feel like in life, a lot of times, we get really excited and pumped up and go, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to do this. Or, or this is sort of the ideal for me. And we just kind of go barreling towards it, right? Not only... Have we not made a strategy? Not, not only have we not taken time to go, I'm going to make a plan. I'm, I'm going to set a course. Not only do we not do that, but we go, I want the Frisbee now. I'm not willing to go get the park ranger. I'm not willing to go get, at least go get a stick and actually see how deep the water is. 
right? That would have been part of a good plan for a situation like that, okay? Forget all of that. I want the Frisbee now, and I'm going to get it. Now, on one side of that, you go, you know, I applaud your bravery. You just kind of jumped in there and went after it. But at the end of the day, you end up with junk all over you, right? Whereas you could have gotten the Frisbee, which wasn't the goal, taken the time to set a course and had a Frisbee and had clean jeans, right? I think we tend, at least for me, I feel like I tend to do that in my life and in my relationship with God. And I, I, I just kind of wonder if maybe that lands for anybody else. Maybe you're going, you know, I, here's me. I'm going, I'm, I'm standing here now. I'm 31 years old. All right. And some of you are going, you are a baby. You don't even know what you're talking about. You know, others of you are going, you are so desperately old. It's so sad. And then others of you are going, I'm right there with you, right? I'm, I'm, in, I'm in that zone with you. We're all at different places, but the bottom line is we can all look back at 10 years and go, either, either I set a course and I saw God take that course and do with it what He wanted and do with it what He will, and man, look at where we are. Look what God has done with this course. Look what He's done. Or we can look back at five years, 10 years, 20 years, whatever, and go, I'm here. I got here somehow. I don't really know how I got here. And this wasn't even really the plan. What happened? Right? I think we all land somewhere on that spectrum. And here's the scripture that God, um, it's just been, it's been, this scripture has been sitting on me um, figuratively for, for a couple of weeks. And, and in all honesty, sitting on me in a way over the last week or so, this scripture has just been kind of sitting on my shoulders in such a way that I, did, I didn't even want it to. You ever have those moments where you go, I know God is wanting me to zero in on this, but man, it's the last thing I want to do. I do not want to go there with you right now. So this is the scripture that, that he's kind of, it's actually up there on that person's shoe. Um, but it's Proverbs 16, 9. In his heart, a man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. In his heart, a man or woman determines their course, but it's the Lord that determines their steps. Now, I've always, I, that, that's, that's not the first time I've heard that scripture. I've always looked at that scripture as a way, and this is probably my personality, because um, I'm a, you know, I want the Frisbee now kind of person. I've always looked at that scripture to justify my shooting from the hip. I'm serious. I mean, I look at that scripture and go, well, see, that clearly means that you don't need to plan. You just need to trust God, right? Just trust God and he'll, he'll just do it, you know? So shooting from the hip, man, that is totally fine, right? But as I'm looking at that text, I'm going, you know what? 
it says in his heart a man plans his course. So it's, it's already allowing for the planning of the course, right? It's not condemning the plan of a course. It's not saying don't plan a course. Just fly by the seat of your pants and trust God, right? No, it's saying in your heart, you, you plan a course, but the Lord determines the steps. So I think what you see there is, is a really intriguing tension, right? Of going, we make a plan, but he executes it. So what, where does that tension exist, and, and how do we learn to live in that tension? And that's something about Scripture, right? That you've just got these big, broad, amazing tensions in Scripture. I mean, the, the, one of the big ones that you think about is the sovereignty of God, which means God is in control. God is the one that does the work in our lives. But at the same time, you see these moments in Scripture of choice, where people make choices. And then and scripture seems to scripture seems to say that those choices are important. So there's this great tension, and it's almost like there's this um this roof, right? And on either side of this roof, you've you've got you've got two two sides that are holding the roof up. And if either one of those sides were to cave in, guess what happens? The whole roof goes down. But the problem is we don't see the roof meets up here. But we only see this much. So we're going, how does that and that line up? I don't see how those connect. Well, when we get to heaven and, we can, and God opens our eyes, we're going to be able to go, oh, that's how that met together. I, I didn't understand that. But for now, there's, there's a gap there, right? Where we're going, we can't completely marry those two ideas together. Well, this is one of those moments where you go, well, you've got plans, but the Lord determines the steps. So, so, so where do I begin and his, his steps end? And where do I end and he begins? And where does, you know, and you can, just, you can just have one of those philosophical conversations in your head where your head just hurts and you feel like you didn't get any further than you were to begin with, right? So what I want to say is I want to say, hey, there's two applications for us in this. There's two applications for us in this. You've got to realize, big idea number one, and I'm borrowing this. I'll give credit where credit's due. I'm borrowing this from a, a book and a, a message called The Principle of the Path by a guy named Andy Stanley. The big idea number one, okay, is that direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Now, we can sit here all day and go, you know what? My intention is to please God and live for God, or my intention is to have a healthy marriage, or my intention is to be a good parent, or my intention is to be is to be a great uh, is to be a great coworker, or a great boss, or a great employee, or you know what? My intention is to mend a relationship with a family member. or my, you know, You've got all these good intentions, right? Yeah, man, my intentions are there. But intentions have never gotten anyone to a destination. 
As a matter of fact, intentions alone only get us to disappointment. Because when you just have intentions and intentions and more intentions and even more great intentions, well, then you look back at five years, at 10 years, at 20 years, at 30 years and go, I have a life of good intentions and it's not carried me anywhere. So the only thing you can do to make sure that those intentions carry you towards your destination is to add direction. Because it says in his heart, a man plans his course. Meaning, you've got to plan a course, right? You've got to go, I'm going to point my life in a direction. I'm going to be intentional about doing that. I'm not just going to intend to. I'm not just going to want to. I'm not just going to talk about doing it. I'm actually going to point my life in a direction and build things into my life that are going to, to, to steer me towards that destination. Now, one of the things I'm learning right now is, is the model called CFA. Some of you may have heard of that. CFA. Now you go, well, what is CFA? Well, here's the idea. This is, this is just really three areas, three steps, a process you can go through to kind of go, what is the direction of my life? What's the direction of this choice? What's the direction? Am I moving towards where I want to be? The first thing is the C, and the C is where am I currently? Where am I currently in my marriage? Where am I currently in my finances? Where am I currently in my relationship with God? Where am I currently in my relationship with my family or my kids or, um, you know, fill in the blank, right? Where do I stand now? And you've got to be able to be willing to be honest about where you are. And let's be, let's be honest right now and say, that's the hard part, right? It's hard to, to start right out of the gate going, you know what? I'm not where I need to be. Boom, there it is. I'm not where I need to be. But you got to go beyond that. And you got to go, here's why. Here's where I'm not where I need to be. And here's how I'm not where I need to be. And then the second question is, is the F. Where do I want to be in the future? Here's where I am now. Here's where I want to be. Okay? And it can be all those areas. It can be family, finances, relationship with God, career, marriage, health, all of those things. Here's where I am. Here's where I want to be. Because if you don't have a vision of what what that future can look like, then again, you're just back to intentions, right? You're going, I I just know, you you ask folks, hey, where do you want to be in 10 years? I just want to be happy and healthy. Okay, well, that's good. What does that look like? Draw a picture of that for me. Because until you can get the picture of that in your mind, you've got no direction because you don't know where you're going. And then finally, the A, what actions do I need to take to get there? 
What actions do I need to take to get there? Because there are behaviors that need to be built in. There are disciplines, which is, which is hey, this is where I'm at. Disciplines, man, you, you know, that, that sort of mundane kind of in-between, grind it out every day, got to do this to get to that next step kind of stuff, right? Mark deals with that every day in his, in his occupation, um, you know, of, of going, man, I know, you know, my wife is uh, going to his boot camp right now, and um, she said, I don't know what Mark is up to today, but he told all of us to bring a towel. Um, and and uh, I, I don't really know what the deal is. Well, she comes home that next, you know, that, that morning, or I don't know if she went morning or evening, when she came home, I figured out what he wanted the towel for. She said, everything we did involved a towel. I, think, I don't think I can move. So, you know, he, he understands in the area of health and fitness that it's, that, it's all that in-between stuff, right, that gets you to where you want to be. It's the actions and going, you know what, I'm going to do these things and I'm not going to do these things. And that will get me to where I want to be. Now, if we were not a church and we were not Christians and we were not Christ followers and we were not people who said, you know what, God is the author of our lives, God is the direction. If, if, if we weren't that, we would stop there and go, hey guys, go for it. Muster up that willpower, watch a lot of Oprah, and just go for it, right? You got the power. You're He-Man, master of your own universe. I'm like, what is that? Um, you, you, you can do this. Rah, rah, rah. Go home and go do it, right? But there's another part to this verse that brings it all into focus, Right? It doesn't negate what we just talked about. As a matter of fact, it gives fuel to what we just talked about. And, and it's the second part of this verse that we've already said. But the Lord determines his steps. Here's big idea number two for you. I must put a comma after my hopes and dreams. I must put a comma after my hopes and dreams. Now, now what, what does that mean? Well, here's what that means. That means that you go, man, I, I've made plans. I understand that direction, not intention, determines destination. So I've looked at where I am currently, where I want to be in the future, and I'm taking actions to get there. And I've made some goals, and I've painted a picture of what five years looks like, ten years looks like. I'm moving towards those things. But I'm taking that whole plan, right? I'm taking that whole dream, that whole vision, that whole hope, and I'm going in and I'm putting that comma right there behind it and going, you know what? This is what I think the direction is. And then you put that comma and go, but God, is this, is this it? Is this it? And so you're saying, I am going to leave a big empty space for God to have his way. 
And so I just came up with a, just a simple way for us to remember what life with a comma looks like. What does that life look like? And it's S-O-S. The first thing that it looks like is surrendered in worship. Surrendered in worship. What does that mean? What that means is that comma is leaving space for you to go, hey, here's, you know, here's sort of my plan and here, here's sort of what I think you want me to do, God, and here, here's the direction I feel like I'm going. And, and, and yet the comma's there to go, but at the end of the day, I just want you to get glory from my life. I just want to worship you with my life. I just want my life, regardless of what the direction is, I want my life to be a billboard for your name. I want my life to be a billboard for your fame so that when people look at my life, they're not going, man, that guy, that guy or that, that girl, she just made a plan and executed that thing. That, that, I, need, that, I need to get that book, right? But instead, they're looking at, at your life and going, Man, God has been at work in that person's life. And then they turn, and because of looking at your life, they worship. It inspires them to put God in His rightful place. And so that comma is there to just leave that space so that God can be glorified and God can be lifted up. The next thing is open to God's rewrite. Now, now let, me, let me say that. We don't just make plans and then go, hey, God, can you bless that? I made this plan and uh, not going to get that $2 million by 35 if you don't bless it. All right? So here's my plan. Going to need your, you know, it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, like, like a government document or something and you need, you, know, you need like a notary public or something. You're like, I need you to stamp this and we'll be good. Well, that's not how it works. The idea is that God doesn't just sit down with us necessarily and go, all right, Walt, here's the deal. In a month, this is what's going to happen, and then you're going to do this, and then next you're going to do that, and then by next year you'll be here and you'll do this, and then I'm going I'm to send up a flaming arrow, and then you'll know it's time for you to, you know, like it doesn't work that way, right? So in the meantime, we're sort of sitting under uh, this relationship with Christ knowing as we're making these plans, right? And we're, we're, we're looking at, hey, we're going to move in this direction. We're knowing and we're aware of the, the whole time that we're going, it's kind of like you're writing and you're looking, right? You're kind of going, you know, am I, am I moving in the right direction? Am I taking the right step? Because I want to be in step with you. And so it's not an idea of we make plans and ask him to bless it. But we go, we're making a plan, we're executing a plan, but the whole time we're going, God, you're, we want this plan always to be on your cutting room floor so that you can go, hey, this is the step you're going to take. Because I'm going to be really straight with you right now and go, at 21, 10 years ago for me, I would not have stood in front of a group and said, here's the, here's the plan, guys. At 31... I'm going to be part of a church plant in a boathouse in Little River, South Carolina, and I'm going to be working at Chick-fil-A. That wouldn't have been the plan, right? Now, it could have been a lot of other plans that I would have wanted, 
But the bottom line is we have to be open to God's rewrite. And we have to always be looking for what is he teaching me in this rewrite. When he gets, this, when he gets our plan on the cutting room floor and he starts putting it together, what is he teaching us through that? And then the third thing, searching God's heart. Life with that comma just means, hey, I've got I've to constantly go, what are the things that are on God's heart? Because there's nothing wrong with making a plan. And there's nothing wrong, as Karen said last week, there's nothing wrong with being successful. But at the end of the day, you go, I really want my life to be about the things that break the heart of God. And so I got these plans, but that comma's there to just go, hey, there's some things that God cares about that here's the, here's the real honest truth. Let's be real. And this is Walt Anderson here, okay? There's some things that break the heart of God that my heart naturally, guess what? My heart naturally doesn't care about. Just Walt's natural human heart goes, I really don't care about those things. I care more about me. And so that comma's there to go, hey, you got some plans, but you've always got to be realigning your life with the things that burden God's heart. With the people that are out there wandering, just don't even have any direction, don't know Christ. Don't, don't, that your heart's got to be burdened and there's got to be room in your life to allow that to have influence on your direction. For the hungry and the poor and the forgotten and those that, that people, nobody cares about. For the, for the children for the little ones, the ones that, that God, Jesus, so quickly allowed to come and sit with him and, and jump all over him, and, and he had a heart for that. And so we've got to leave room for our direction to be influenced by his heart and driven by his passion. So here's the, here's the, the next step, I guess. What do we do from here? Well, first of all, um, I want to challenge you to take some time this week. And I'm challenging you with what I'm challenging myself to do. Okay? I want us to sit down and, and take some time to work through that CFA. And you know what? Some of you are going, I'm 16. I'm 14. I'm, I'm 13. I don't, you know. Well, guess what? In 10 years... You're going to be 26. And I can promise you, it goes by a whole lot faster than you think. Man, I wish at 15, 16, I had sat down and thought through this stuff. I didn't. And I could have saved myself a lot of heartache if I had done this. So take that time. Now, there's a lot of you... You're, you're, when you're in my age zone, that 20s and 30s, this feels real natural, right? I mean, this feels like, yes, you know, I've got, I've got, I'm ready, you know, I'm, 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 you know. So this might not be as difficult to get some of you pumped up for, but some of you even that are on the other side of that, 40s, 50s, 60s, all into the 70s, you're going, what's the point? 
Well, here's the point. And I'll just challenge you with this. If you've already arrived in all of these areas and everything in your life is completely perfect, not only do you not need to worry about doing this, please take this as tongue-in-cheek as I'm going to say it, you also don't need to come back. Sleep in on Sunday morning. You know, might as well. Your life is perfect, right? I know that's none of us, and that's why I say that in conf- with confidence. We all need to be thinking through these things, no matter where we are in our lives, okay? And the second thing is you need to ask God to walk you through the SOS. Hey, am I surrendered in worship? And I, am I open to your rewrite? Am I going, God, I want you to write this story. I've got some ideas about maybe how you've created me and the passions you've given me and the things I need to improve, but I need you to rewrite. I need you to take the, 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 the pen and start working through me to write this story. I need you to show me your heart and let me, let me guide my steps based upon the things that are important to you, God. And then finally, something I'd like to do, and I've failed at blogging many times, and it's not so much about me doing a blog as much as I was trying to think, what's a way that we could connect that wouldn't require you to have Facebook or wouldn't require you to have Twitter or wouldn't require you to have, you know, whatever? And I thought, you know, if, if, if we started some conversations over blog, you don't, all you have to have is a computer, and you can go to that blog and read it. Um, so I've got, uh, I've got a blog address right there. And if you want to write that down on your, um, on your page, here, here's what I'd like to do. I want to just throw, there, there's, there's a lot more in this than what we have time to go into today, okay? And this week, I'm going to go ahead and be posting some follow-up exercises, things I'm learning right now, okay? So I don't have these mastered, but things I'm going through, things I'm learning right now, follow-up exercises, tools, thoughts, things for you to read. I would love it if we could interact a little bit. Um, you, I, 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 don't, I think you can go on and, and sort of go in as a guest if you don't want to like sign up for the blog or whatever and, and comment. You can also subscribe where if anything happens on the blog, it sends it to your email, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I'm not pr- committing to blog every day. That's not the goal is to just sit there and read everything I think about everything. That's not the point. That's why I think I've struggled with blogging because it's like, who cares what I think today? Um, but this is a way we can interact and kind of get around this idea and move forward. You're going to learn things in this process that I need to know that God has for me. I'm going to learn things through this process that are going to benefit you, and we can start this conversation. One thing I'd like to do is kind of a, uh, this is a goal. Talking about goals, this is a goal. I'd like to, whenever I'm up here speaking, I'd like to be able to go on that blog and let's follow up and continue the conversation from Sunday morning after Sunday morning um, or Monday night once the fall comes. So that's kind of, uh, kind of the goal of the blog. So I would love it if you would jump on there even if, I know there's several of you that are visiting. Just jump on. You don't have to be here every week or whatever. We'd love to have that conversation. Here's the idea, guys. Um, God has given us the ability. I mean, I think the crazy thing is we've only got the first half of this verse without Christ. And have you ever thought about the fact 
And there's so many facets, so many pieces of his sacrifice and his resurrection and the offering he gives us of his life. There's so many pieces of why that's so amazing. One of those pieces, though, that I think settles into where we are this morning is the idea that because of what he did on the cross, because of his love for us, it means that we don't have to wander out there in life and try to figure it out. Because he centers our focus. He drives our passion and our purpose. And whether we are working at, at a company selling things, or whether we work as law enforcement, or whether we work in the ministry, or whether we're at home as, as moms or dads or whatever that are taking care of our kids, whatever that might be, because of the cross, it can all be become real narrow to the fact that whatever I am doing, I want my life to reflect what He did for me. That's the underlying foundation for all of our plans. 